I tell you what, it's huge. And so it is a team that works together. Well, listen, tonight, today uh, I'm going to finish up this series on Don't Give the Devil a Foothold, and this will be part three. Uh, but I, I've been uh, blessed to see uh, how people receive this teaching because one of the things that, that we need to understand as much as anything is where our enemy is. You know, uh, we, we sometimes are fed a narrative of division and strife, especially in this nation right now. There's all these reasons why we need to be opposed to one another or why we have to pick one side or the other. And, and we're going to talk about the, the stronghold that the devil can use in that, just in that way. But, but before I do, I, I want to remind you of what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27 says. It says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. And in fact, the Amplified says, give no opportunity for him, to him. You know, it's important that we, that we remember what the, that, that he has a, a, uh, is alive and well. I was talking to, to an individual, they were, they were considering Christianity or they were, they were looking at Christianity and they, they, one of the statements they said was, I no longer believe there's a devil in hell. Well, listen, that's one of the deceptions that, that leads some away from or, or lack of needing Christianity in the first place. I mean, I remember that was one of the motivators for me to get saved is because I didn't want to go to hell. The, the devil is, a, is, is real. I, I was remembering or recounting some of the experiences that I've seen. You know, I remember when Sue and I were youth pastors and, and there was a young man who, who, who came that some of the other students brought in, brought him and he was an uh, atheist and he, he was real into Dungeons and Dragons. And that'll tell you a little bit of the time period I was in. It's been a day or two ago that uh, this was actually about 29 years ago whenever this, whenever this encounter happened. But uh, he wanted to give his life to Jesus Christ. And, and so I began to pray with him. And, and his mom was actually in witchcraft. And, and uh, she was, he, he said she's a witch, but she's a white witch. She, in other words, she does good magic. Well, the Bible's very clear about the separation between that and there's no separation. You're for God or you're, you're you know, so. But here was, the, here was the situation. I began to lead him in the sinner's prayer. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the God that you raised Him from the dead, that He paid a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And this young man, he said, he said I, I am a sinner. He rep I said that, and he repeated that back. I said, uh, I accept Jesus as my Lord, or I believe in G that Jesus is the Christ. And he began to struggle. I said, I said say, Jesus is the Christ. He, he, he couldn't spit the words out. He began to break into a sweat. Sue can attest to this. We had him seated. Then, then I said, well, just sit down here. Let's pray for you. Because he began to struggle. See, he had opened the door to the enemy and, in fact, had, had allowed himself to be possessed. He wanted to be free, but he couldn't. Why? Because the Bible says that, that you can't confess Jesus as Lord if you're full of the devil. So we had to do something. We had to cast the demon out first. You say, oh man, I didn't know that was really real. This man, this boy, breaks into it, just pours with sweat. And I begin to pray. Now the Bible talks about how to bind the devil. And the reason I talk about this is, is that when we bring the devil in, there's some people who are afraid. I remember being really scared of the devil until I understood my authority in Jesus Christ. 
See, we've got to understand that when the devil comes, he, has, he is powerless. Remember, we read out of, out of uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, 9, it's that, that he's an opportunistic devil. He's seeking whom he may devour. He roams about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So what's that mean? That's the ones who open the door, who ones who, who allow him in. So in this scenario, I finally I bound up the devil in the name of Jesus. And I said, now you renounce him. In other words, d declare he's no longer got a hold of me. And when, when, when he did, then he was able, then the, de the, the devil left him and he was able to accept Christ. Now, not every person who receives Christ has to go through that process because they haven't accepted or, or opened themselves up to demonic activity. Another time we were in, uh, this was not very long after that, a couple of years maybe, we were uh, in Mexico, in Manzanillo, Mexico. We were ministering there, and there was a, a lady, and we were praying over people after the service using interpreters, and there was a, a, a lady brought her son up, and her husband was, the, the boy's father was into demon worship and had, had basically offered this boy up to, to demonic activity. And, and she said, I can't control him. He gets in a rage. He begins to, his language and everything is just, uh, it's, it's incredible. I can't do anything with him. I want him to be free. Now, see, we have an example that Jesus brought. It says that Jesus brought, uh, or the disciples were, had a man bring his son who was demon-possessed to them, and they couldn't cast him out, but Jesus did, right? And then Jesus later on told them, I've given you all authority over, power, over serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. In, in Luke chapter 10, verse, uh, I think it's 18, 19. So in that time, well, so this, this boy, she, and he, he, oh, he, she would say, look at his tongue, and he opened his mouth and stuck his tongue out, and it was just coated. It was, a, it was a weird thing. And so we prayed, and same process, renounced the devil, prayed to bind the demon up, to, to the boy received. But I taught that mom through the interpreter how to maintain the stance over her, her child to protect him against demonic, that, that returning. Now, I know some of you are like, whoa, dude, I've never seen anything like that. But see, this, this is why I don't play games with witches and demons and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't dress up. I don't do that stuff. Why? Because I've seen the activity of the devil. Another instance, we were, and I was, uh, we were in a, uh, when we moved, went back to school uh, to, at OSU, we went to Apple Creek Apartments. We moved in those apartments, and our daughter, who was about two years old, had slept every night, all night, since she was six weeks old. I mean, she was an easy baby. She slept. Well, she got to where she was getting up in the middle of the night and coming to our bedroom afraid. And this was not going to happen because we were not, you know, first ones, you, you set, all, set down the ground rules. This, no kids sleeping in our bed. We're going, you're going to stay in your bed. You know, we, we, and we held to it. And boy, I mean, she's coming in messing up our program. Because, I, I mean, you know, it's like, wait a minute, what is the deal? And, and so I began to pray. And I was in, we were gone back to school because, you know, we left the ranch, went into ministry, didn't know what to do, didn't have, an, you know, I didn't know anything but how to cowboy and run cows. And, and now I, I, we were going to get an education now. I guess I'm going to go to work. I don't know what I just, I, at that time, I was just being a youth pastor and following God. And, and so we're studying and doing all those things. But here I was growing in ministry. And I, I would go in and pray. And I could, I could walk in her room and pray until she'd fall asleep but she'd always wake back up. 
And finally, the Lord reminds, said, you, you pray over that room. You, you dedicate you, this apartment to the Lord. You break every curse, everything that... We don't know what had gone on in that place. And so that's why any house, anything new, every house, we've lived in 18, we've blessed and prayed over every one of them. That's what I told Dakota when he bought that property where he's at. I said, we need to pray a prayer circle, break every word curse, everything that had come against that place. Take authority over it in the name of Jesus. See, we don't want to give the devil a foothold. See, it's amazing what we do, when, and, and out of ignorance we have no clue sometimes when the devil is duping us or controlling us, influencing us, and we need to understand and grow. That's why we need to understand, God, what is it? Now, we don't have to be afraid as Christians. We also don't have to, be, uh, don't have to allow him any, any area in our lives. We need to take the authority that we have. So we talked about that in the first week, two weeks ago, and, and, and we talked about the authority that Jesus gave and how he uh, instructed us to leave. You know, we used the example of Adam and Eve. The serpent deceived Eve, but it said that Adam was right there with her. He, she, she was deceived. She took a bite. She saw it was good, and then she turned to Adam, basically. Here's the thing. They were deceived because they didn't take the position they should have taken, and they didn't, out of obedience, declare, no, I'm not going to allow the devil a foothold. Now you say, well, I have never seen a demon. Oh, by the way, we cast the demon, the, the demon out of the boy that was there at, in, in Mexico. His tongue got cleared. The film left. He was, his countenance, everything was changed. It was very clear. All right. So, uh, same way with the, the, the young man. He, he, he got free. He accepted Jesus as Lord. See, here's the thing. You, you don't have to identify these things as I did. It won't always come that way. But we need to be aware of areas that we allow the devil to have a foothold. If there's something that, that, that leads to sin or, or, or whatever it is, make sure that you take the advantage of that. See, Adam and Eve could have been obedient to God. Had they been obedient to God, there, there would have been no problem. Here's the thing, though. If the serpent hadn't won on that day, he would have come back. Now, it doesn't mean he would have won. But see here, and, and that's the thing. That wasn't the last time we had to pray against the demonic activity, against our home, our children, our finances, our health, whatever other area. Now, also understand... I don't tie a demon to everything bad, everything that happens. Sometimes it's just our own stupidity. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the fact that we're in a cursed earth. Sometimes it, it's, in, it's other things. So I don't want to give the devil too much credit. I don't give him credit for every bad thing that happens, okay? And so understand the difference there and balance that. And so, you know, as we were beginning to talk about those things, we talked about how the devil uh, provides excuses. That was another thing we talked about last week. Spent a lot of time. Don't live in a, in a life full of excuses. And, you know, that's where our, our, uh, our Christian experience is concerned. But that's also just a good thing to live in overall in your life. Just know and understand that, that there are bad things happen or there's trouble that happens. There's, there's reasons. You know, it's funny. I was, I was, uh, uh, there, there's always an opportunity to put an excuse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that story out. I'm just going to keep moving. Number, the fourth thing was this, and we're going to wrap this up, or I want to I spend some time on this, is, is the fourth way that the devil will get a foothold in our life. So number one, 
was he tries to drag us back into the world or drag us into the world's ways. The second thing was that he presents alternatives to God's way. The third thing was that he provides an excuse every time. And the fourth thing is this, is that he uses offense, strife, and division to enter into our lives. You know, the, the, the Bible says that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Well, let me just say, a church that's divided against itself can't stand. A home that is divided against itself can't stand. A business that's divided itself is against itself can't stand. So that's why we, we uh, uh, fight and war, or, we, or we oppose offense and, and we oppose strife and we oppose division. We need to, we need to be active against that. See, I, I've told people, you know, young, young people, you, you realize this. Real, or just realize this, in marriage, in, in life, there is plenty of opportunity to be divided. In fact, the devil makes sure of it. You know, we see this in this nation right now. That's one of the, that's one of the greatest tactics the devil is, do, is using against us, is to try to divide us. When did we ever ha have to be a, or, or oppose one another like we have today? And see, that's the attack of the enemy. He loves to do it in the churches, different, different churches. If he can't do it in an individual church, he'll do it against denominations. He'll do it to divide us in any way we can. And so we've got to be careful against that. He'll use it to separate us. Uh, Mark eleven twenty five says, you can put that one up there, Mark 11, verse 25 it's very, very clear. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Now, I'm going to get into the Scriptures now. You can take notes or whatever and you can turn there. I'll, I'll turn to those Scriptures we were just reviewing. But here is the beginning point of what Jesus said. Now, right above this, I mean, we teach this, Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, is talking about how to receive prayers, how to move mountains, how to establish your faith. But he, he, he tags all that, puts the end of that. Wow, man, that was... Bad. Puts the end of that with forgive. Now, we've already talked about the, the, uh, the power of obedience. We mentioned that when Jared, uh, he, he got through, his, got back from Mexico, his trip over there was great. Saw all the posts and everything. I'm anxious to hear all the details of that. But he was able to go do that bareback clinic and, and uh, bronchitis clinic and, and uh, minister down there, be encouraged and strengthened down there. That's a pretty cool deal. Glad he's home safe. But here's the thing. Obedience is so key. But it's quick obedience that's extremely important. You know, one of the things that when, when the opportunity for strife comes, when the opp opportunity to be offended comes, when the opportunity to be divided comes, what should we do? Immediately snuff that out. See, here's the thing. When, when, when you're in a work scenario, you know, there's a really good protection against a marital affair. It is immediately when that thought, that idea, that little flirt, that little whatever, nip it in the bud. Stop it. The moment you begin to think about something that's outside of what should go on, cut it off. I guarantee you when I was younger, there were a few times where I had, I, there was one scenario, in fact, when I was, Nine, I was, I was nine hour, on a nine-hour layover. They messed my flight up, and I was in, stuck in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I used to go out there and help a cowboy church. I had my cowboy hat on. You know, I was coming from this ministry deal, and, and uh, we, were, we uh, got, uh, got found out that they overbooked our flight. 
And so they left us, gave us a free ticket, but I'm stuck in the airport for nine hours. Well, there was about three of us, and one of them happened to be this, this Asian lady, and she said, oh, what are we going to do for nine hours? And she said, huh, I think I'll go get a hotel room and take a nap. And I went, and she said, oh, I like, she'd already established that she liked cowboys. She had a fan, fantasy about cowboys. And I thought, you know, what, you know what my thought was? You know what my statement was? You know what my first words out of my mouth were? Well, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go call my wife and check on my four kids. Now, see, that, I'm, you know, I can tell you, wow, that was awesome. I did so good. But that was because I had been trained and programmed by my wife. She told me never think about anything. No. <laughs> no, honestly, I had programmed myself because that wasn't the first time somebody flirted. That wasn't the first time. And then what about the, what about the other times when it wasn't that somebody advanced to me, but that I saw something? Notice something. We talked about this in men's Bible study. It is, men are men. I mean, we see a woman. that I mean, God created them beautiful. But here's the thing. As soon as that thought or that idea comes, train and discipline yourself. And this goes for women, too. To not allow yourselves to maintain. You know what there's a saying? The, the uh, birds can fly over your head. Don't let them build a nest in your hair. See, sin, it's not sin to have the thought, to have the notice. It's a sin to allow it to begin to build in your heart and your life. See, to be obedient. See, the devil loves to get a foothold. He loves to begin with something. Well, she doesn't love me. She doesn't care. She didn't notice. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. See, there's all these opportunities that the devil will, will and he will feed that. And boy, if he sees a little ember, he'll be, you know, you ever, you ever watch, I like Survivor. I hadn't been watching it, but I used to watch it. And one of the ways to end up winning was build the, the fire making challenge. You had to be able to build fire. Or I watched one of these survival shows that alone, you know, that'd be pretty cool until you, you know, the bear comes and gets in your camp or whatever, but there, there's these, there's these, and they got, you got to know how to build a fire. What do you, what do you do? You get the little ember, get the little spark, and you, see, that's what the devil would do. As soon as you uh, let that thought, that ember, he'll go, and you got to go, nope, not going there. So you got to do that. Now, it's not just in those areas, it's other areas. See, because what the, the devil, even if there's not another opportunity the devil loves to feed the argument, the division, the strife. He loves to go, oh, but she, she doesn't care. Or I would, you know, and then he'll start, uh, start saying, well, I sure wish, uh, I wish he'd do for me what so-and-so's husband does. I wish, he was, I wish he was as good at this or good at that. But see, here's the thing. He's not yours. She's not yours. You know, you got to make a choice and a decision to not allow those things to build. Now, Here's the thing. Are there things that happen inevitably? Are there things happen that are trouble? They are. You know what? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's where the power of forgiveness, that's the power where the power of, re, of, of uh, the redemptive power of God comes in. When those things happen, when marriages fall apart, when they're broken. See, we can all look back and we can say, man, I wish I'd have known that before. I wish I'd have done that before. Or, or there's all these reasons. Listen, don't, don't feel condemned. And I, I'm not thinking of anybody here. It might be somebody watching. But don't feel condemned if failure happens either. 
pick yourself up. See, the devil loves to hold you in your past no matter what it is. He'd love to hold you in your past and say, look at you. Look at all the ways you failed. Look at all the things you did. Here's the thing. We can't give the devil a foothold. We've got to choose that we're going to say, okay, God, if we fall, what do we do? We repent. So here's the wonderful thing, and this is the thing that we have to learn about, about what God has given us through the power of the cross and the power of the name of Jesus is that when we fall or when we fail, we run to God, not from Him. We run to God and we say, okay, God, we gotta, I, I, I repent. When you allow the, the, the something to go too far, then you, the power of repentance, the power of forgiveness, the power of restoration because of what Jesus has done. You know, uh, <clears throat> let's, let's look at James chapter 3. Uh, I want us to turn over there and, and look at this because we're focusing on the, uh, stri- the power of offense, strife, and division. And I put them in that order because offense, we, we get offended, and that's a, that can be a beginning point. That can be a, a spark we get offended because, you know, something someone else did. We, we get offended in some way. And what that'll do is it'll develop strife, and then it'll drive a wedge between us. Look at verse uh, 16, James 3. Let's go with uh, 16. He says, for, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, the King James, the original King James says strife there, He says, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. For we have envy and selfish ambition. So so, uh, James, he kind of tells it like it is. He says, where you open the door for those things, you're going to have every other evil practice follow up. You got to begin, you got to, you got to be active in guarding and protecting against those things. See, when we give the devil a, a foothold, we, we begin to allow him to give us that little thought of let's en- envy. You know, I, I, I had some kids come over to, I, mean, I say kids, they're, they're in their 20s, um, which to me, that's a kid. I mean, you know, still a kid. doesn't mean they're, anyway. They showed up at my house. I didn't know what they drove. I didn't know what they pulled. I didn't know, you know, what their horses looked like. I didn't know. They came over to rope, came over to ride, and, and, and uh, they show up. They got this big old nice aluminum trailer. Well, I'm tied up to my old, my old trailer. Well, see, I could, have, I could allow envy to come in, or I could just be content with what I have and not focus on that. I, I'll tell you what it was for me. I was like, man, ble- that's awesome. They're blessed. And, and so, um, anyway, that, that's something we can allow envy to come in. You, it, you can allow it in many different ways. Also, selfish ambitions or strife. If, if we begin to be selfish, we're thinking about someone else. See, there's a, there is a common factor that helps us overcome these things, and that's one thing that we begin to do is imitate God as dear children, like Ephesians 5.1 says, and that's to walk in love. So there's one thing that fixes all of these things. In uh, Ephesians 4.1, we're going we're gonna to turn to that one. Ephesians 4.1 says, uh, st- uh, he says, As prisoners for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So develop this as a lifestyle that I'm not going to be offended. Offended. Develop a lifestyle. You know, uh, there, are, there are people who are easily offended. There's people who allow strife 
And, there, and then that produces that division. But here he's, he's cautioning them in Ephesians 4.1. In Mark chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, Jesus tells us why, uh, why unity is so important. I, I quoted this earlier. He says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. In that if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And so it's the importance that we keep there. Now, let's, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want us to turn to this one because I want to I look at some verses around this. But in, in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, you know, Paul was dealing with a, an infant church, a new church. But it had been there long enough they should have progressed on. And, and he uses this as an illustration in, in, in verse 1. He says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Man, that, that's a, uh, he, he burned them right there. He said, man, you all you're are still babies. He said, I should have been able to address you with something deeper. I should have been able to progress you, but here you are. You're still as infants. Now, here's what made them still infants. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, another says, Apollos, the other says, aren't you being more just mere humans? He, he was challenging them with, stri with the, with the uh, identifying their problem. He says, you're still allowing strife. You're still allowing divisions. You're still thinking like the world thinks, looking at things in a different, uh, different manner. You can't... Something that I put as a, as a, a statement in my notes here, it's amazing. Uh, you can't speak harshly and thank God at the same time. You can't criticize those around you if you have a thankful attitude. You know, one of the things that, that uh, Jesus ministered to us in, in, in John chapter 13. Let's, let's look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse uh, 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you, so you must love one another. But this, but, but this one, by this one I mean, will, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, I was uh, reading and, and, and studying some things that, and, and, began to look at the examples and think through this process of how do we keep offense, how do we keep these divisions and things from among us? And he begins, he, he gives us the, the secret right here. Walk in love. Now, I can take that on a, on a marriage level and Sue and I, we learned, we made the choice to love. We were going we to love one another in spite of. We didn't take the bait of the devil to emphasize the thing that was wrong or the thing we were lacking in, but we loved each other as a final decision. Kind of the way we love God. We love God, period. But he tells us to love one another, period. You say, I don't, I, yeah, that's hard. 
You know, believe it or not, as wonderful as, as our marriage is and has been for years and years and years, the first two years were brutal. A couple of high school, or well, we were out of high school, but a couple of high school sweethearts, a couple of kids not knowing how to, you know, deal with one another, learning all these things. A lot of reasons we shouldn't have made it. A lot of reasons we, 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 we should have uh, fallen prey to, to d uh, many different things. But the bottom line was we chose to love. We chose to say, God, I, I, God, I give this marriage, this situation, this person to you, and I'm going to love them. We made that choice. But you know what? That, had to, that really needed to trickle over into all the other areas of my life that I began to say, okay, God, I'm going to walk in love. Now, how can we do that? The Bible says that if we're that, that we the Bible says that God is love. So in First John somewhere, uh, it said, he says God is love. That's who He is. One of the one of the things that is so uh, amazing is that He says that anyone who is of God is born of God, and God is love. See, here's the thing. Anytime we think we can't walk in love or, or it's beyond us, we got to remember how big God is in us. Let's, I'm going I'm to go over. I've, I've gone over the last two weeks. We're going to end early, I think, today. But turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, is the love chapter. And, and you've heard it at every, probably almost every wedding you've ever been to. But I want you to, so, I want, I want you to see something that's, that's powerful. One of the ways that we implement the Word of God in our life is through confession. In other words, putting the Word of God in our mouth. We begin to declare. Do you know there's so much power in our words that the Bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. He said that that's the way we are born again. We accept Christ. How? We, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in our heart, the Lord, but, but confess with our mouth. That's how, that's how it happens. What, what is the, the power of confession or the words that we speak? See, when we take the Word of God and we begin to personalize it, something powerful happens. We begin to say what the Word says about us. Don't just read it. That's why I talk about it. Not, it's not just a history book. It's not just telling us what happened many years ago, but it's what, ha what God's will for our life is, what His promises are. Hey, what did he tell Joshua in, in Joshua chapter 1? He said, let not this book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate therein day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Joshua 1, 8 or 9, 8 and 9, I think that is together. But see, the power is in us saying what God said. See, uh, it's more than just a principle from, uh, from the world that says mind over matter, it is renewing my mind to what God says, and your, and your words do matter. So here in verse 4, it says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere, perseveres. Love never fails. And we just stop at the very verse, first of verse 8. And I don't read the rest of that just because that's a, it's a great topic that I don't want, want to have to add in. But I want you to now, now, now think about those first four verses and think about them being personalized. Love is patient. Now, okay, so, so pause there and think about that. 
What did we just talk about? God is love, and God's in you. What is, it, what, is it, what is the first of the nine fruits of the Spirit? Love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So there, there's those fruits of the Spirit. We need all of those. But here's the thing. If we love, why do we not have to worry about keeping the Ten Commandments? Some of you say, Ooh, what? We keep the Ten Commandments by walking in the two commandments that Jesus gave. Love the, your neighbor as yourself and love the, Lord, love, the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That'll complete the Ten Commandments because you won't break them if you're walking in those two. But my point is this. My goal is much simpler if I just begin to say, Okay, God, I want to walk like you walk. I want to walk. As, I want you influencing my life. Will you fail in this? Sure. That's where grace is, 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 and mercy are ours. That's where we run to God and say, God, I got mad. I got, I got angry. I, I, took, I took the opportunity to, to grind it, to, 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 to get the OU fans. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I wasn't walking in love. Jason even wore his orange shirt today. And somebody else on the back row has got their orange scarf. I resisted. Okay? Notice neutral. Neutral. <laughs> Now, there's plenty of that that's going around, and we have fun with that, and I love the OU fans that can take it, and I, I, I believe me, they've, they've got plenty of arguments the other way. And if you did this, and, and you know, I mean, you know, you can repent, obviously, Jason. Uh, but here's the thing. No, you, no, I mean, no, no, anyway. But here's the thing. When we fail, we run to God. We, we repent. Now, listen, sometimes... Even though God forgives, there's still a cost for that mistake. And understand that. God doesn't automatically deliver us from everything. Sometimes things fall apart. Sometimes things can't be completely restored. But you can be. And, and it's amazing when we put it in the hands of God. But here's the thing. When we begin to personalize this, we don't just say love is patient. We say I am patient. See, I, 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 had to, I had to take the nine fruits of the Spirit and say, God, I thank you that I, I walk in love. In the beginning, it was towards my wife, but it was also to anybody that opposed me. Anybody and everybody. I mean, you know, boy, I mean, you talk about, you know, road rage to everything else. It's like, you cut me off, bar golly, you know, or whatever it be. There's all these different ways, but love is patient. I am patient. I am kind. I don't envy. I don't envy. See, here's the thing. When we begin to, to incorporate this into our, into our life as a lifestyle, we fail much less because our habit begins to be the response of love, the response to, to not or, or to be kind. Or, or we, we quit taking the opportunities that the devil gives us to, to jab somebody else, to put it to somebody else. Pretty soon in business, no longer will you do things to take advantage of somebody else, but you're okay with, with, with them winning, with other things happening. See, and where, where a marriage is concerned, you know, I, I began to be patient. When, I was first, when we were first married, you know, I mean, I watched, I watched my dad and my Uncle Sam. They were old school. They were older men. They were able to put demands on their wives that those older, that older generation could get away with. And, and, I, and, I, and I thought, hey, you know, by golly, uh, I, I show up from work, 
we got to go somewhere. we got to leave at 6.30. And my wife's been home all day. And this is even, even before kids. She's been home all day. She ought to be ready. I come in. I mean, man, I took my shower. I got ready. She says, yeah, you jumped in the shower, stuck a cap on. You didn't have to do anything. But I get, I mean, I'm ready. I got on 15 minutes ago and I'm ready. And I'm so I just go to the car, start honking the horn. Now, y'all know how that went over. Not well. But my impatience, see, that was a lack of love. And see, as I begin to incorporate this walk into my life, I begin to say, okay, God, what am I doing that is not helping the situation? See, how many times would we not be in strife if we just walked in love, where especially things that really don't matter? It really was, well, it was kind of a big deal sometimes when we're, when we're late. I don't like being late. But you know what? You know what I learned? The reason we were late is because she was not going to leave her house with dishes in the, in the, dirty dishes in the sink and stuff not picked up. I was like, they'll be there when we get back. But see, here's what I understood. It was important to her. So you know what I started doing? It helped me if I got ready in five minutes to use my other five to help her pick stuff up. See, love went, okay, how can I ease your burden? Man, I know there's notes that could be taken. But see, here's the thing. What about at, what about at work? I remember different times where, where issues at work came as a result of me not being willing to walk in love. And you could get run over. That's the risk. But you could also leave it in God's hands so that He can begin to manipulate, not manipulate, that's a bad word, that seems negative, but so that He can begin to shape and mold the situation. All of a sudden, her heart began to change. She saw that I wasn't just, you know, trying to run over her or trying to rule the home. She let me rule the home. She let me be leader most of the time. <laughs> Love is kind. It doesn't envy. See, why is it so important? I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting how love offsets all of these flesh-driven, emotion-driven, strife-feeding, dividing, divisive emotions simply by doing something God says we already have and we already are because we're the children of God. And if we're children of God, love does, is a part of our life. You know, it's unfortunate, but many times people judge God by Christians. And we failed sometimes. We failed to walk like we should have walked. Now, I always tell people, I always tell people all the time, don't judge God by, the, by Christians. We're we going to fall short sometimes. We're sometimes going to miss it. But if I begin to personalize the, this prayer and I begin to say, God, I am patient. In the beginning... That was an absolute faith statement. But it become, begins to be a habit as I incorporate that and I begin to say with my mouth, I am. You, you say, and the devil will whisper, nah, I happen to know you, you know, tap your foot. I do this a lot. I'm, I'm like, I tap, I do this. When, when something isn't happening as fast as I want it to, you know, because I'm kind of, you know, that way. Sometimes, but I really am patient because I'm, I'm, I'm letting it happen 
but inside I'm struggling sometimes. <laughs> Love is kind, doesn't envy. And, he, and so you say, I don't envy. I don't boast. I'm not proud. Now listen, the Holy Spirit, the devil will speak to you with condemnation. Remember this difference. But the Holy, and the Holy Spirit will convict and he'll say, you know what, this is something you need to work on, but I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here, I'm here for you. We'll begin to change this. And you begin to respond differently because you've established with the words of your mouth what you are. It doesn't dishonor others. Father, I thank you that I don't dishonor others. Even when the opportunity is presented, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to begin to be changed. And you know what? You're going to go out there and you're going to fail, but you're going to come back the next day or, or maybe right after that, and you're going to go back and you're going to reestablish it. Nope, God, that's not me. I'm walking according to you. I'm walking the way you say. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered. Father, I thank you that I have the fruit of the spirit of self-control, that I can control my anger. I, 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 I begin to be changed. It keeps me, I, I keep no records of wrong. In other words, Lord, I'm going to walk according to Matthew eleven twenty-five. I'm going to forgive. And you know what forgiveness does? It releases them, but it also releases you. I'm going to give this to you, God. They don't deserve it. He didn't say when they, when they repent. He didn't say when they say they're sorry. He didn't say when they, when they try to fix the wrong. He said, you, you do you first, then let God take care of the rest. Somebody cheats you in business? You know, the best thing you can do is to mark it down so that you don't go there again, but release it. Give it to God. Somebody steals from you? God, I place this in your hands. I'm going to entrust this to you. I'm going to allow you to pay back what the devil's stolen, what, what, what they stole, what, what took place. See, that's a, a whole different perspective. We're not giving the devil a foothold to allow us to be divided allow the strife to rule and not going to be offended. Doesn't, doesn't keep records of wrong. Love, and, love doesn't de de delight in evil. I don't delight in evil. But Lord, I, I rejoice in the truth. I thank you, Lord, that I'm always trusting you. I'm always putting my hope in you. I'm always being preserved by you. And like love, I thank you, Lord God, that I'll never fail. It's amazing. You can fall. You can have failures for a period of time, but if you continue to come back to God, it's amazing what He'll do to restore and to, and to lift you back up. Amen? Well, you know, whenever we hear a word like this, a challenging word, we can either be uh, sore at it or we can receive it. And when we receive it, we release ourselves, put ourselves in a position that God can do something amazing in our lives. So let's pray. Father, we thank and praise You that... that as we come before you today, that, that Lord, we're presented with, a, with something that, that is a challenge to us, and that's to walk in love. But when we realize that we're up for every challenge, it's not because we're so strong or we're so, we're so wise, but it's because we're submitted to you. And when we're submitted to you, Lord, your, your word says that you, you strengthen us with your might by your spirit in our inner man. If we've made Jesus Lord, we have authority over the devil. We have the name of Jesus. We have the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in us. We have the power to renew our mind and change our thinking. And Father, we thank and praise you that we can do it all because of the blood of Jesus, the, for, the, the ability to repent, to turn away, and to be forgiven and restored. 
Father, I thank you and I praise you that you do a work in the lives of these that are listening today and will listen whenever they hear it. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that all we have to do is say yes to the beginning. Father, you look at every heart, you know every life. Father, for anything that is, is broken, I pray that it be restored, healed, healed and restored. For anyone who, who, who needs to, to make a turn, I thank you, Father, that you give them the power and the ability to do it. And God, I just pray that you continue to, to walk us forward in those things. And Lord, if there's anybody who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord, I pray that today the Holy Spirit draw them and, and, and that they understand that they can simply repent of their sins, invite Jesus to be Lord of their life, to be forever changed. I pray that they contact me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, uh, almost didn't get done early. But I believe that last five, ten minutes was worth it.